noticed that she pretty much just, the only reason she told the story was to tell you all that I hit her in the face with a ball. <laughs> with my mad volleyball skills. Can you turn the lights down a little bit more in here, please? Um, so, I, I'm gonna talk to you this morning about something that God's been talking to me about in my own life. And, but um, when I, every time, I think I've probably shared this before, but every time that I'm in Mexico or anywhere near an ocean with a beach, I, every morning I get up by myself and I walk along the shore of, um, of the ocean. I love, I love the ocean. But I'm, I have a healthy fear of it. I don't like to swim in the ocean. I just like to walk along it, right? And so when I first arrive, I, I usually walk along the shoreline, but I don't like to get my feet wet. And so when the waves come in, I'll usually kind of like race over this way so that my feet don't get wet. But as the week or the, as the days go on, then I usually will like to get my feet wet and then I'll go in a little bit deeper and by the time that it's time to go home, I'm waiting in the water, I'll, you know, whatever. And so I like to walk in the ocean, but it takes me time. And you know how the waves are, sometimes they're, they get a little aggressive and you're walking and then all of a sudden your shorts are wet, you know? <laughs> but um, I, I, one day I was walking along the ocean and I was looking at the waves and I was just standing on the shoreline of it and the water was hitting my feet and I was watching the waves come in and go back out. And God was kind of talking to me about it, about how people can be kind of the same as me with the presence of God, that there are some that like to look at the presence of God and watch it, but don't really want it to touch their lives because they're afraid of what might happen. And so they watch from a distance. And then there's those who will get their feet wet and the presence of God will hit them, but then it kind of goes out kind of like you just show up at church on Sunday morning and you like the feeling of the presence of God, but you don't pursue it any farther. And then there's some that will go a little bit deeper, but again, it always goes back out. The waves always go back out and it'll come in and it'll touch you for a bit, but it'll always go back out. And he said, but there's a place that you can go to be immersed is when you go all in when there's no fear that holds you back from going all in his presence. And I'm, I know that his presence is all around. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the intimate place, the, the place of the presence of God where you go into his heart and you experience who he is. And he says that there's those that usually just are okay with just being touched by my presence when they could absolutely be immersed in it. doesn't have to come and go. And so he began to talk to me about it in, in my own life. And I'll, I'll start by reading, I am so, so sorry back there, people. In media, I did not give you the verses. So I'm starting in Isaiah 30, verse 15. 
And then after that, it'll be Luke 10, 38 to 42 in the ESV. And then after that, it'll be John 11. I don't know, I don't know the translation, seven to 18. And then John 12 in the NIV, verse one and on. I'm so sorry about that. Isaiah 30. Verse 15, it says, The Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, says, says, Come back to me. By returning and resting in me, you will be saved. In quietness and trust, you will be made strong. He says, Come, come back to me. In quietness, in rest, invitation to come sit a while, to come be in his presence, to come sit with him. He says, come back to me in stillness. And quite often we're busy. We're just busy in life. We've got stuff going on. We've got stuff to do. And God says, come back to me. But at the end of the verse, he says, it says, come back to me by returning and resting in me and you will be saved. And then it says, in quietness and trust, you will be made strong. He says, but you refused. But you refused. And it was that last part that got me, but you refused. I wanted you to come and sit with me. I wanted you to come and rest. But you refused, you had stuff to do. Life got busy. There were many distractions, you refused. And I kept calling, but you refused. And so I wanna to go to Luke 10, verse 38. And it's a story of uh, Martha and Mary. And we know this story, most of us, where, uh, well, we'll go into it. But we know this story, I've read it, but I just want to listen to me just for a moment so I can show you what the Father is saying to us. And so Jesus is walking He's walked a long distance and he shows up at Martha and Mary and Lazarus's house. They're friends. And so he shows up and this is what it says. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. She's telling Jesus what to do. <laughs> but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. He's distracted. Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted by many things. And I thought of us in our own life, we're distracted. There's, there's so much that's asking for our attention and Jesus shows up and says, I, I want you to come and sit. I, I want you to come and be still, but I'm distracted. I've got stuff that I've got to do. We're busy. Everyone's busy. This is, this is what we say to each other. It's like the common thing. How are you doing, Tamaris? I'm good, busy. Yes, me as well, I'm busy. That's what we say to each other. It's like we, it's, it's almost like we're addicted to being busy or we feel obligated. It is a social norm for us to just be busy. 
and we're addicted to it. And there's nothing wrong with working or serving or any of those things. Those are good things. But there, there's a place where we feel like we have to be busy. Have you ever done something where, for me, it's been, um, you know, if I have to plan an event and the lead up to it, you are working, you are doing, you know, it is consuming all of your thoughts and it, you're up late nights and you're doing all the things. And once that event is over, then you're like, well, what do I do with myself now? You know, it feels like suddenly you have all of this time. So then you look for something else to be busy. Am I the only one? Yeah, okay, well, this message is for me. But it's this, it's the world that we live in. We're busy, busy, busy. I'm distracted by many things. Or if you're not busy, you have a phone. Right? And we're distracted and Jesus is saying, come sit, I'm busy. Or there's some, I talked to someone about this this morning, I had a conversation with a friend who said, I always feel the need that I need to do more. I don't do enough. I, there's always more that needs to be done. That comes from a place of not being enough. You feel like you're not enough. And so when Jesus says, I want you to come and spend time with me, I've got stuff that I need to get done because I don't feel like I'm enough. The enemy will always tell you that you have things to do. He will always try to distract you from the place of his presence. Because in his presence is where you're changed. In his presence, everything changes. That's the one thing that, that God's been saying, or I've been saying to God is, if you're anything, then you're everything. If it's anything, then it's everything. And I just keep reminding myself, this is the place. If his presence is anything, then it has to be my everything. You see, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Seek first, his kingdom first, his presence first. When you seek his presence, then things begin to happen. But what we do as, as a body, we, what we do is we begin to seek the things. We just seek the position. We seek, we seek whatever we can get. We seek the things. We go after those things. And we think once we get those things, once I get that position, once I get that ministry, once I get whatever I, whatever I want, once I get those things, then I will seek you but I'm just gonna get this first. And it's the opposite. He says, seek my presence first. It's spending time with me first. It's me first. And then things will be added to you. There is the person of Jesus that there is something for us to discover in his presence that is unending. And when we go to his presence and we meet with Jesus, he, he is who we need in that moment. There is something, there is someone, there is part of who he is that he wants to introduce to us day after day after day. He says, seek me first. But the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and you will know that I am God. 
is the place at his feet. And Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, Mary chose the one thing that was necessary. She's chosen the one thing that's necessary. As if, as if to say, spending time with him is the one thing that's necessary. Everything else flows out of that place. Everything that you're looking for flows out of that place. And we don't go into his presence to get something from him, but just to be with him. Just to be still, just to be quiet, just to sit at his feet. And all things begin to be added to you. Whatever you need, whatever needs to be changed in your life, it's not just about stuff. When he says, seek first the kingdom and all the stuff will be added to you, it's not what it says. It's whatever you need. It, it's, it's whatever needs to be changed in your life. It's whatever needs to be added. Whatever, whatever it is, it's in his presence. And so when you go to that place and you sit at his feet, things begin to happen. Some people say, I don't have time to spend time with God. You can't afford not to. When you begin to spend time with Him, things will begin to change in your life, but it's seek Him first, the one thing that is necessary. Jesus is Martha. It's the one thing. Then He goes on to say, but you are anxious about very many things. You're anxious. And I, I was on the plane and I was listening to a podcast and I was just about asleep and I heard these words and I just like jolted out of my seat and wrote it down. And I'm gonna tell you what it said. It says, so Jesus is talking to Martha and he says, you're anxious. And this minister was speaking about anxiety and he said this, anxiety is refusing to give God the attention. Anxiety is giving the attention that God deserves and giving it to something inferior to Him. It's giving the attention that God deserves and giving it to something that's inferior to Him. So when you understand the rest that comes from His presence, you will then under, understand how demonic unrest is. That's why Jesus says to Martha, you are distracted and you are anxious. But Mary chose the stillness. Mary chose the quietness. Mary chose to sit at my feet and it's the one thing that's necessary for you and it won't be taken away from her. I'm gonna to go to John 11, verse seven. Um, oh, we'll start in verse 20. But um, this, is, this is again, uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Lazarus has died. They've called for Jesus. They called for Jesus before Lazarus died, but he was very sick. Jesus didn't show up on time and Lazarus is dead. 
And so Jesus shows up and in verse 20 it says, and when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died, but I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. And she replied, yes, I know, he will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Most important, most important answer or question that we answer, do you believe that he's the resurrection and the life? And Martha says, yes, Lord, I do. I've always believed that you are the anointed one, the son of God who has come into the world for us. Then verse 28 says, then she left and hurried off to her sister, Mary, and called her aside from all the mourners and whispered to her, the master is here and he's asking for you. So when Mary heard this, she quickly went off to find him. From Jesus was lingering outside the village at the same spot where Martha met him. Now when Mary's friends who were comforting her noticed how quickly she ran out of the house, they followed her, assuming she was going to the tomb of her brother to mourn. When Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet. And all her friends who were with her grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. And he said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. And tears streamed down Jesus' face. And I bring up this story because Mary is in her house and Jesus shows up. And it says Martha goes to him, but Mary doesn't. Mary, who knows Jesus, who loves Jesus, who hangs on every word that Jesus says has called for him to come and heal her brother and her brother dies and she's disappointed. She's just disappointed. I picture her that she was praying, praying, praying. Just, I know that when Jesus shows up, I know when he comes, my brother is going to be healed. I know it. This is what's going to happen. He's going to come and you know, it's getting close. You know, Mary, it looks like Lazarus is about to take his last breath. Jesus is coming. He's coming. I know he's coming. I know him. And he doesn't show up. And so Mary is sitting in the house and Jesus is here and she just is disappointed. Just disappointed. And I read this this morning and 
I thought of, in fact, I felt God say that there's many that are just disappointed. You're just disappointed. Things, I expected one thing and I didn't see it and I thought, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And so parts of your heart, you put up walls and you're one of those people that stands at the shore and you like to look at the presence of God or maybe you'll let it touch your feet, but you're too scared to go all in because I've been disappointed. I don't understand. Things happened and I don't understand why. And I'm, dis and I'm scared and I'm disappointed. But I want you, just like Martha came and said, the master is here and he's asking for you. That there's this moment this morning that Jesus is saying that I'm here and I'm calling for you. In the middle of your disappointment, I'm here and I'm calling for you. I, I know a lot of you know this story, but I'm gonna share it with you anyway, for those that don't or to prove a point, I guess. I know that moment of Jesus showing up and calling me in the middle of disappointment. When I was 15 years old, my mom was diagnosed with cancer in February. And I remember being like, okay, and Jesus heals. So I don't, I'm not concerned about this. And I remember David McGrew, who you guys have seen here, he, he flew in with his wife, Jeannie. They flew in, they were good friends with my parents, are good friends with my parents. They flew in and, and I remember I was sitting in my room and David came in and he said, hi, sweetie, are you scared? And I remember looking at him saying, why would I be scared? What? No, I'm not scared. And he said, oh, I would be. I don't know why I would be. Jesus heals. And so then it followed my dad and my ma, or my dad and my grandma and myself. We, my mom didn't go to the hospital. We took care of her at home. And so we would take shifts. Uh, we would take turns watching her. And uh, so I hand wrote out because computers were just, it just, I think Google was, or not Google, well, I don't even know if Google was a thing, but uh, <laughs> search engines and stuff were just beginning. So I hand wrote out scripture verses of healing and I, I'd get them. And when I was cleaning my mom and, and, and taking care of her body, I would say, mom, say these scripture verses after me. And we would quote healing scriptures and she would say them after me. And, and I'd say, you're, you're gonna get healed, you're gonna get healed. And then as her body started to fail more and more, I remember coming to her and saying, okay, mom, let's say scriptures. And she'd say, I don't wanna say them. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't, Megan, I, I don't 
have hope for this anymore. And I'd say, Mom. And so I would, I would clean her body and I would, I would quote these scripture verses over her. And then she died. And I didn't understand. It took me a while to process. And I became so disappointed, I just walked away. I just walked away. And I, I didn't even want to talk to him. But then he started coming into my room at night and he would say, I want you to read this verse. I want you to read this verse. And I just, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I don't understand. I want you to read this verse. I want you to read this verse. And so finally I got up and I looked at the verse and he said, and I will be your everlasting light and your days of mourning will be no more. And I knew in that moment that Jesus had come and was calling for me. Jesus had shown up and was calling for me out of my disappointment. I remember, I, I remember the feeling, it, it was like my moment. It was like the moment that I knew Jesus is real. Because I felt how much he felt for me, that he had so much compassion for me. And he knew that what I was going through and he was reaching into the middle of it. And it changed everything. He saw me. He saw the disappointment. He saw the hurt. And I believe that this morning, Jesus is saying, I see the disappointment. I see the hurt of the questions that caused you to harden your heart, that caused you to be fearful of going in deep, of caused you to be scared of what it might look like if you surrendered everything. But the master has come and he's calling for you. I want to show you that Mary, when she came when she came to Jesus, when she came running, it says as soon as she heard that he was calling for her, he got, she got up and she started to run. And she got to him and she fell at his feet and she began to cry. She humbled herself before him. She's like, I've got so many questions, I don't understand why. And Jesus had compassion, it says Jesus began to cry. because he loves us that much.
And then in John 12, It says, it was six days before the Passover feast, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Lazarus was the one Jesus had raised from the dead. A dinner was given at Bethany to honor Jesus and Martha served the food. Lazarus was among the people at the table with Jesus. He'd been raised from the dead. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, it was expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the sweet smell of the perfume. Jesus, it goes on later to say that Jesus, that Mary was preparing Jesus' body for burial. That's what the perfume was for, and, and Judas gets upset about it. But Jesus, but Mary takes this perfume that was worth a year's worth of wages. It would take her a whole year to buy that one bottle of perfume. And she poured it on Jesus. It was an act of worship that cost her something. It cost her something. And you need to know that when, when, when you go and you spend time with Jesus, it costs you something. It'll cost you something. But what you receive for it is way more than you could ever ask or think. But it, but it costs you something. It costs you time. It costs you laying down of stuff. It costs you something. Did you know, just side note, did you know that if she was preparing his body for burial by that perfume, when Jesus hung, when Jesus was on the cross, he would have smelt that perfume. He would have smelt that worship that Mary poured out on him. But it cost her something. And God has a place that he wants us to go to, go deep in his presence that costs us something, that it becomes our own. When the, when the 12 or the 10 virgins, uh, the story in the New Testament of, of, I can't think of where it is, but the, uh, the 10 virgins, they had oil and five of them had oil, five of them had uh, extra oil and they go and they show up and they're waiting. They have their lamps and their lamps are burning and they're waiting. But all of a sudden their lamps are going out and they, they say to the five virgins who have extra oil, give us some of your oil <clears throat> so that we can wait here longer. And the five virgins with extra oil that cost them something said, we can't give you it. You need to go buy your own. And here's the thing is, is you can show up to church and, and you can enjoy the presence of God, but to go full in, it's going to cost you something. You can't have what I've paid for in the presence of God. You can't have what Wayne has paid for. You have to go and buy it yourself. It takes time. The one thing that is necessary is time spent in the presence of God. 
but it's a beautiful thing. Praise and worship team, can you come please? And I just felt this morning that this was it. That there is a place where Jesus shows up this morning and says, beyond your disappointment, I see it. I have compassion, but I'm calling your name. I'm calling for you to come. I'm calling for you to come to that place and be still. I'm calling for you to come to that place to know me, to go deeper in my presence. It's like that song that we sang, you make me brave. What's the, what's the bridge to that song? <laughs> we don't know. It says, I was thinking about that. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. That whatever disappointment or questions, sometimes your questions don't get answered. They don't get answered. And we don't know why, except that we know that He's good and He's faithful and He loves you. And He wants to order your steps and He wants to lead and guide you. He wants to take you by the hand, but He wants to call you out beyond the shore into the waves to the place where you can be fully immersed in Him, to a place where you don't have to stand on the edge anymore and wonder. Stand on the edge and watch people go in. Stand on the edge, but fear holds you back. Jesus is here this morning saying, I've come and I'm calling you. I've come and I'm calling you. And for those that have the disappointments of life, he has a word that he wants to speak to you in the middle of it. He didn't answer my questions. When my mom died, he didn't answer why. I know he didn't take her life, I know that. Because he came to give life. I didn't know why, but what I did know is that he would be my everlasting light and my days of mourning would be no more. That he would be the one that would walk me through it, that he would be the one that he saw the hurt and he saw the disappointment and he saw the pain and the questions and he said I'll be your everlasting light 
I'll walk you through this process. And so whatever you're going through this morning and the disappointments where you've put up walls, listen, he has a word. And he's good. But for those that don't have disappointments, I'm sure we all do. But for those that don't, I hope that you hear the Father this morning calling you to come deeper. Not to live on yesterday. Not to live on yesterday's presence. But to go after the presence of God. There is something that He has for you daily that He wants to give you. I heard a minister say once um, that when he first started to go into the presence of God, when he first started to seek after God, he would listen to one song and the song would just be amazing. Like, and, and the presence of God would come in and like, wow, it, the presence of God was so strong and he loved it. Next day, he's gonna do the same song, do the same routine because that's how the presence of God came in. And so he put on that song and like nothing, just like, you know? Then he'd go find another song and their presence of God would come in there. That it's, it's, it's not the same routine, it's God, I'm here. How do we do this? I'm here seeking you, I'm here after you. That it just be at that place where it says, Jesus, I just want to know you. I am done playing religious things. I'm done playing church games. I'm done with all of it. I want to know the person of Jesus. And I want to know you more. I don't want to get anything from it. I just want you. You know, when Jesus was with the disciples and he walked with them, the disciples, they had the Torah. The disciples, they, they had the words of Jesus. They had the words that Jesus had spoke. But when Jesus died on the cross before he rose again, they were like, oh no. But when he rose again and came back, they were after the person of Jesus. We have the word of God, we have his words, we have stuff that we can study, but honestly, we need the person of Jesus for it. It's not just about the Bible, it's not just about praying, it's about pursuing the person of Jesus who is real and knowing him intimately and going deeper in his heart. It's the one thing, it's the one thing that is necessary. It's the one thing. And I keep telling myself this on a regular basis, like I said, if it's, if it's anything, then it's everything. That there are lots of things that could pull me in lots of directions, 
but he's everything. And I won't be able to handle any of it well unless I'm living from this place. And he wants to take us deeper in this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just close our eyes. Let's begin to speak to him. Jesus. Jesus, when you walk in the room, when you walk in the room. Jesus, I want to go deeper. I want you to be everything. I want my first to be you. That I seek you above everything. I seek you first. And it not be about what I can get from you, but it just be you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Listen, let's hear the Lord saying that some are saying it's complicated. It feels complicated. I, I'm not exactly sure how to do this. It's easy. There's no one, two, three step. There's no outline that I could hand you and say, this is how it's done. It just goes back to the verse in, in Isaiah that I read at the beginning that says, come back to me, just, just come back, just come sit. It says, by returning and resting in me, you will be saved. In quietness and in trust, you will be made strong. Just come, just come, just come. Just come sit. Just come say I'm here. Just sit for five minutes, sit for 10. Just, just sit there, put worship music on. Don't put worship music on, do, do whatever. I'm just here, Jesus. And I wanna know you. And I trust you enough that you will take me deeper. I trust you enough that I could just sit here and your presence will surround me. 
He just wants you to come. He just wants you to come. He just wants you to come. So Father, I just release a grace over the people today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you that there's a depth. That you're taking us deeper. That there's a place that we're going that's beyond fear. There's a place that we're stepping and it's past fear. And though it may be in the unknown, what is known is the place past the fear that we step is your love, is your goodness, is your kindness, is your compassion, is your mercy towards us. That even if we fall, we fall into your arms. And Jesus, we hear you speak. We hear you speak. And we're running to you. You make me brave. 